You're listening to online media from Glendale Christian Church. For more information, visit us at glendalecc.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at glendalecky. Good morning. I'm so glad you're here, whether in person or online, and it's a beautiful crowd here in person, and I just want to wish you a happy Father's Day, and thank you for being in the Father's house and being the mind of the fathers for those who are joining us online. But it's just a great day to come together and celebrate. Adam's on vacation, and uh, always special days are hard to come up with sermons, so the easiest way for him to come up with sermon is say, Mike, you do it. So... And everybody thinks Mike has all these sermons stored back that he can just pull out, but uh, that happened a long time ago that they went by the wayside. But I, I, I'm, I'm so honored to be here today and so honored to share with you in Father's Day. And, you know, uh, uh, Father's Day, there, there was uh, this mother walking down the road with her four-year-old daughter. And they're walking down the street, and the little girl sees a sucker laying on the ground. And she reaches over and pick, mom says, don't do that, don't do that, don't pick that up. Why? Well, honey, that, that, that sucker has all kind. you don't know where it's been. Why? Well, it's got germs on it. You, you just don't know how bad. And, and if you pick that up and put it in your mouth, it's going to make you sick. Well, how do you know that? Well, honey, it's a test that to give all mommies. And if, if the mommies, they just know these things and they test them to make sure that they know everything about that. And the four-year-old just sat there for a few moments, and then she looked up at her mommy and she says, if you fail the test, do you become a daddy? (laughs) Well, it's tough being a daddy. And we have some great daddies in our church, and we have what I call pseudo-daddies, those that have filled in for daddies that weren't so great. But we've had some great daddies, and... It's important on this Father's Day that we remind you of how important it is to be a good dad and a Christ example for your children. So welcome to Father's Day of 2021. Uh, Somebody said Father's Day is just like Mother's Day except the gifts are cheaper. (laughs) I got a million of them. (laughs) This father, his 18-month-old daughter, had gotten a tea set, and he was so proud of her. Mom had gone off shopping, and he was to watch her, and so she was playing with the tea set, which was so awesome and so wonderful, and and uh, she was just playing with the tea set, and, and he was watching his TV show, and ever so often she'd come in with the cup, and she'd give her dad a cup of water, and he would drink it, and he said, oh, that's the best tea I ever had. Oh, That tea is wonderful. And so all afternoon, she'd bring him cups of tea, and he'd brag on each one of them. And then mom got home, and he said, sit down. You're not going to believe this. This is the sweetest act. I I mean, you you just got to see it. Sit down and sit down. Sit down, sit down. And the little girl comes in just like always with her little cup of tea, and she gives it to daddy, and daddy sips that water. Oh, honey, that is the best tea. And the little 18-month-old goes out of the room just smiling and happy. And mother sitting there saying, you do realize that she's only able to get water out of the commode. (laughs) 
it became, or it behooved Sharon to go to a movie one night with some of her friends, and she left uh, three or four of us guys home with our children to watch them, and it was on Easter Sunday. And uh, we told them to go in another room, and we had Bible study with uh, 52 books in our Bible, aces and deuces, and uh, I mean, uh, and, and so we were playing pitch in the kitchen, and uh, the kids were fine in the other room. We knew they were fine, and everything was great, and they stayed back there. They were quiet, and it was a wonderful day. It was Easter, and uh, uh, so the ladies had gone to the movie, and we were watching the kids playing pitch. And so when the ladies came home, they said, how are the kids? Oh, they're fine. You know, they're back in the other room. What have they been doing? Nothing, just playing. Well, the ladies go back, and it was Easter. Remember I told you that? This is before plastic eggs, boiled eggs. And they had taken them and put them under a braided rug that Sharon's grandmother had made. And then they did jumping jacks on them. The egg yolks had oozed up through even, and I heard that sermon for a long time after that uh, about her grandmother's woven braided rug and about letting John and Chris do jumping jacks on a rug and how we deposited it for the man to pick up on Monday. But anyway, it was a great story and it actually happened and I heard that a long time. It reminded me a good dad is to be observant and to be watching his children and to be setting a better example for his children. And we need dads that are setting good examples for their children. So I challenge you today to become that example. I challenge you today that whether you're a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, a cousin, or an aunt, that you be an example that the children can follow and that they can see Jesus Christ through you. It's not easy being a dad today. It's very difficult. And yet we have some very great dads in our church. And we, the Glendale Christian Church, sincerely wish you a happy Father's Day. We salute you. And we thank you for the contribution you've made to your family. And we pray that the blessings and the beauty of your family extend for generations to come. We want to honor all the fathers this year. And we ask that you, sub you submit a, uh, a name of your father or your pseudo-father or someone in the pew. Because I hate to find when you go home this afternoon and uh, somebody says, how many of you all submitted my name? And they said, well, I thought somebody else was going to. And you don't get submitted. But tomorrow or sometime this week, we're going to draw out three or four names for gift cards. And uh, those will be honored fathers that Adam will announce next week. But I don't care. I said in the first service, you can go mimograph the names and put them back in there. And I realized that none of you all know what a mimograph machine is. So you can copy the names and put them in as many times as you want. There's no restriction. Just put the names in. And we want to honor our fathers and draw out those names. So it's important that we talk about dads, families, and relationships. Because all of us are going through problems in our relationships sometime or another. Wherever there are two people, there's problems. Wherever there's two in a close relationship, there's great problems. And I think the scripture reminds us of that and shows us that as we look at the scripture where Jesus is in a boat, the disciples are crossing the water, and uh, a storm comes up, and Jesus is asleep. So let's look at the scripture. 
That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came upon them, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Then Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Mark gives us a very beautiful picture of this happening. And it shows us the faith of the disciples that when the storms are raging, they were afraid. They were losing their focus. And Jesus said, don't you have faith? Well, I think this is a significant scripture to us this day because this scripture is speaking to us about the fact that we are having storms in our lives, that every one of us have storms in our relationship, Every one of us have frightening experiences that come upon us that we really don't know how to handle. So the first thing that we look at is that all people are going to have storms, and you'll agree to that, I'm sure, and that when the storm comes in our social relationship, in our business, wherever it is, our individual hearts are hurt, they're crushed, and there are great problems. And... Uh, when relationships come, problems come. Many, many years ago in Russia, they did a uh, study. It was a horrible study. It was a mean study. They did a study of taking chimpanzees and developing a, a core group of these chimpanzees, a family group. And they made the family group significant in the enclosure. After several months, they took the alpha male out of that enclosure and moved him to an enclosure nearby where he could see what was going on, where he could relate visually, but could not make contact with that group that he had become so significant with. And then they brought another alpha male in and put him in the enclosure with the family. Jealousy, rage, all kinds of things happened to that chimpanzee that had been separated from the group. All kinds of evil. Hardening of the arteries, tension, all high blood pressure. All happened to that chimpanzee because he was isolated from his family. And six months later, that chimpanzee died. We just experienced covid and one of the worst things about COVID was this lie that they taught everybody about social distancing. Social distancing is pulling us apart and keeping us very, very isolated. And it's adding, I, I call it uh, COVID anxiety. 
and, and we, we are having a hard time, and I appreciate you being here. And those people who are still fearful, I understand, and, and I realize. But we need to be beginning to bring ourselves back to one another. We need to intertwine our lives with one another. We need to get stronger in our relationships with one another. And when we do that, when we do that, there's going to be storms. And there's going to be all kinds of problems and all kinds of issues because we're building that relationship. I asked Mary Key a while ago if she has any porcupines. And uh, I've been fascinated with porcupines for a long time. Uh, Porcupines are rodents. Porcupines are rodents. They have 30,000 quill. Now, I don't know who counted them, but that's what they tell me. Uh, Wikipedia says 30,000 quills. A rodent, a porcupine, is a very lonely person or creature. A porcupine has two major responses. It either attacks or it runs. If it attacks, the quills are stuck into you, and the body heat of you or whatever the quill's been stuck in causes that quill to expand and is not easily removed, and it can cause infection and even death. A porcupine is a very lonely creature. When temperatures get cold, porcupines cannot hover. Why? Because they hurt each other with their quills. So a porcupine is a lonely, lonely figure. And I got to thinking about that. I'm going to show you my age again. But I got to thinking about that. You know, I have never seen a cartoon, a cartoon or a, a, a program or a movie made about a porcupine. Have you? There's Gentle Ben, Free Willie the Whale, Old Yeller. I hated Old Yeller. I hated that movie. Uh, it ends so sad, and I hated that. But anyway, my confession, okay. Uh, we even have Pepe Le Pew, a skunk, but no porcupine. So porcupines got to feel that they've been abandoned by everybody. And, 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 and so I look at porcupines, and I think, you know, there's a gaggle of geese. There's a herd of whales a congress of baboons, a flock of sheep, uh, but a poor, lonely porcupine. And porcupines, they only get interested in one another in the autumn, and the lady porcupine is only open to candlelight dinner and uh, romance once a year. And there's nothing like the no of a porcupine. So, Porcupines, very lonely, regarded, not as a lovable being, not as somebody wants to be around, a rodent. And I thought of this porcupine. A lot of people I know are like porcupines. The better, the closer the relationship, the sharper the barbs, the greater the pain. A lot of people are like porcupines. Are you? A lot of people get their feelings hurt, and a lot of people like to hurt feelings. So today in the message, knowing 
that we are individuals that are the child of God, I thought it was very important that we pause and talk about our relationships. Because our relationship as a father may be a good relationship, it may be a strained relationship, it may be a horrible relationship. But I'm not talking about the relationship of father to daughter to son. I'm talking about your relationship, you as a child of God, to your father in heaven. What kind of relationship do you have with him? Is it a good relationship? I, I want you to think about that because the first thing I see in the scripture is that Christ calms all storms. Christ has the ability to calm those storms. And we've got to look at it from that standpoint that Jesus Christ can calm the storm in us. In uh, the dragon, Bruce Lee story, his mentor tells him, you've got to conquer the demons in your life or you will pass them on to your children. And Jesus is telling us that we have to conquer the demons in us before we can conquer and be an example of Jesus Christ to others. We have to be conscious of the fact when people need encouragement, we're discouraging them. When people need love, we're pushing them away. That we are the ones that need, when we reach out, we don't want to be rejected like the porcupine. We want to be loved and we need that love. We need to know that the love that we have is from God and from Jesus Christ and that we need to, we need to share that love. But we're so good about holding it in. We're so good about being that person that doesn't want any help. I can do it all myself. And a three-year-old can't and neither can you. We need one another. We need one another. We need strength. And I thank God that I have a great family. We're not perfect. I thank God that I have two wonderful sons, two wonderful daughter-in-laws, and two wonderful granddaughters. I thank God because it was Sharon, me, and God that started that. And if it wasn't for Sharon, her mom, and dad, and God, she wouldn't have had that relationship. And so we pass it on. And we pass it on through the example that we are and through the love that we are. It takes all of us. It takes all of us building together and working together. I never liked the New York Yankees, but I love Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle, when Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris were in the home run derby, and you all don't even know that, but when they were in the home run, it was exciting to get home and to check who hit the home runs that day. And, and to be up with Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle. It was exciting because they were going to break, break Babe Ruth's record. And we did. When Mickey Mantle retired from baseball, it, it hurt because he was such a great player. But Mickey Mantle was not a great person off the field. He was a tremendous ball player. But Mickey Mantle got caught into drugs and alcohol. And he went to the Betty Ford Clinic and when he came out of Betty Ford Clinic, he said that I have to face the demon that my father and my grandfather and my son all died of a genetic disease at young ages. And I have to face the fact that I might have been good on the field, I was never good at home as a father, as a husband, as a parent. 
and I have to face that demon. Sometimes, folks, we've got to conquer our own personal demons before we can reach out to others. And I think Jesus Christ wants to help you conquer those demons in your life today. And the second point, the second point is he calms, he calms the storm and helps us imitate him in dealing with people. You know, I, uh, how many of you have ever seen BBC uh, Walking with Dinosaurs? Anybody? That's a great program. Walking with Dinosaurs is a documentary about dinosaurs, and dinosaurs would walk in the same path. They'd walk in the same path and uh, because as they walked, if they're predators or anybody that wanted to attack them, they could not find them because they didn't know if it was one dinosaur, two dinosaurs, three dinosaurs, four dinosaurs, herd of dinosaurs. They didn't know. And so dinosaurs walked in the same path. And I think it's great. I think it's a great example. And I think it's an example we ought to follow. And the scripture that I have for you in Peter, I want you to write this down, and I want you to read it several times this week, and I want you to think about this scripture. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. Say that with me, leaving you an example. Le that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. And when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate it. He suffered and he made no threats. Now look at that scripture, folks. Remember the dinosaurs walking in the steps of other dinosaurs. Jesus is our pathfinder. And Jesus has laid a path for us. And he says, you're my child. You've been called. You're my child. I suffered for you, and I gave you an example. You are an example. Remember, you're an example. What are you an example of? Jesus Christ. You are an example of Jesus Christ. And as an example of Jesus Christ, when they insulted him, he didn't insult, he didn't hurl insults back. When they spat upon him, he wiped it off and moved on. When they did all kinds of insults, he did not retaliate. And I say to you today as Christians who are walking in the path of Jesus Christ, we do not retaliate. We walk and set the example of gentleness, love, meekness, mercy. We're walking in that pathway and we're showing the world what Jesus Christ would be doing today. And I want to encourage you on this day that we honor our Father, on this day that we honor our earthly fathers, that we walk in their pathway. This week, or this uh, July the 10th, I'll get it right. July the 10th, I'm my dad on July the 13th would be 100 years old if he were living. And so I've decided that I, with the discussion of John and Chris and their families, I'm going to have a reunion 
of my family, and I'm asking them all to come. Now, my family does not get along. I've got a brother that doesn't speak to a sister. I've got a brother-in-law that doesn't speak to a brother. You know, it, it's... Uh, my brother told me this week when he called me, uh, my brother said, do you know that if we all come, and they've all said they'd come, because I told them I'd leave them out of the will, but my, my brother said that that will be the first time since my dad died that we'll all be together. Now, I've had a sister die that we all couldn't get together because they didn't speak. Jerry, uh, Chris calls it Jerry Springer of Glendale. It's going to be Jerry Springer of Glendale. But it's time that we, they all get along with me. It's each other. And so they've all said they're coming. And they're all coming and they're going to be a part of that event. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it because this is a heritage and they're coming. What kind of heritage are we leaving? Several years ago, uh, I had a good friend who was a surgeon and he's a great Christian gentleman. And uh, Sharon always told me I did a good job of carving a turkey and I always thought I was a good turkey carver, but she told me I did good all the time so it didn't make any difference, I doubt it, I am. But I was telling my surgeon friend that I was a good turkey carver and that I really enjoyed it. And, and, and he, it, I admired him as a surgeon that he could do with skill with that knife and do those things. And he talked and he thanked me and he said, well, Mike, I gotta tell you something. It's not cutting it that makes the problem, it's putting it back together that's the problem. And today, as I was working on this sermon, or this week I was working on this sermon, I got to thinking about that comment. The doctor said, it's putting it back together. We're very good about tearing up relations, and we're very good about saying hurtful things in our marriage and in our family. But putting it back together is tough. Putting it back together is really difficult. And it can only be accomplished when we allow Jesus Christ come into our lives and we follow that scripture in his steps, in his example, and in his way. I'm going to ask you to stand as Ray comes and we're going to be singing a hymn of commitment. And I ask you in this hymn that if you would, would you promise to mend those relationships? Now I'm going to tell you, you can't help how somebody else feels. But you can help whether you pour fire with kerosene or water. You can help if the storm is blowing that you don't add gusts to that wind. And if you walk as Jesus walks, you would not be doing that. You would be loving, you would be honoring, and you would be sharing. Relationships, we have porcupine relationships. But the important thing is that we allow Jesus Christ to come in, put it back together, and hold us true to our mission that Jesus Christ be lifted up and all mankind drawn to him. And you can't lift up Jesus Christ if you're putting somebody else down. Amen? Amen. You cannot be lifting up Jesus Christ if you're putting somebody else down. Let's stand and sing.